Galicia is Spain's Celtic-flavored northwest corner. It includes the pilgrim destination of Santiago de Compostela, quaint villages, and a hardy rural heritage that offers a distinctly verdant option for a Spanish getaway. We're going to explore Galicia right now with Spanish guides Federico Garcia Barroso and Agustin Sarisa. Agustin and Federico, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you for you. welcoming us. Thank so, you. So, Federico, you're from Madrid, uh, but what's your connection with Galicia? Well, actually, my family name. We we are all actually essentially my family from Madrid city, but our family name is Barroso. Barroso is coming from Galicia, northwest Spain. Okay. And uh, to you, if you think about Galicia, how does it distinguish from the rest of Spain? Well, I would say that Galicia is our secret garden. You know, it's one of those places in Spain you see that that wow, you really enjoy life. People are super friendly, you see. It is not the stereotype of Spain. We don't really find there. The sun is not shining every day of the year. it's rainy and it's Celtic. It's, it's a, exactly. I mean, we have some Celtic roots in Galicia, you see, and, and it's a little bit rainy, but consequently we have beautiful green mountains and rocky beaches and, and friendly people and seafood and, and you know, uh, it's, it's... Lots to see and do, quite inviting. And Agustin, you're, you're from Basque country, which is right next to Galicia. Yes. What is your connection with Galicia? Well, I've been there many times for a long, long time. I like the nature in that part of the country. It's uh, beautiful. It's kind of a paradise uh, place uh, with all the green shades, the rolling hills, the rivers flowing, the coastline. Uh, it's been a, a big place for, even in the summer, it's uh, not as crowded in, as in right. the rest of Europe even. Yeah. It's inexpensive. And in, it's inexpensive. Inexpensive, yeah, yes. Right. And it's a great place for enjoying the food, the wine, nature. So if you're thinking about the characteristics of Galicia, if you're vacationing there from neighboring parts of Spain, what do you think of in Galicia? Well, I'm thinking of the rural villages in the countryside. I'm thinking of the fishing villages. I'm thinking of the food, the seafood, the shellfish, the great white wine. There's the variety Alvarino. It's also well known. People enjoy it very much and we like it. It's refreshing. Some has some connections with the white wine we produce in the Basque country the Chacolí that some people are familiar with. The pilgrimage to Santiago would be a good reason to go there and go across the whole state of Galicia and get to know the people, as uh, Federico was saying, and get to know about this Celtic's uh, uh, heritage. So you mentioned uh, some of the villages are particularly charming and inviting. What are a couple of names of towns that we should remember? Well, um, on the Camino, you find Osebreiro. Mm-hmm. That can be an interesting uh, town that I would recommend you to stop before reaching uh, Santiago and also passing Santiago, Finisterre, along the coastline. So everybody gets to Santiago, but you could go further to actually get to the coastline, and then you have some worthwhile stops. Yes, uh, the Camino can continue for three stages all the way to the coast, to the edge with the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, Ah. and see actually the Campo de Estrellas, Compostela, the Starfield. The Starfield? Yes. Because why would you see it there? You mean the the uh, skies, the Milky Way? The Milky Way. That's it's better it. to see it away from the city? Yes, yes, oh, okay. and be at the edge with the ocean. Oh, right at the edge of the earth with the ocean. And you said it's three stages beyond Santiago. Does that mean three three days of walking? Three days of walking, the pilgrimage. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of about 20 miles a day of walk, and uh, yeah. you can continue to the very, very, very end. Federico, when we talk about Galicia, Augustine mentioned uh, Celtic influence. How does that show itself? I mean, first of all, this Galicia, it's the, the, the part of Spain in the northwest. 
It's a part uh, that is famous for its major city, Santiago de Compostela, and that's famous because people go there on this long pilgrimage. But apart from the pilgrimage, Galicia is ethnically different. It's, it's Celtic. How does that show itself in the people and the temple of life and the cuisine and so on? Totally, I can tell you. I, I usually go every every summer time I go to Galicia. My parents they have a beautiful house in Padron, not far from uh, Santiago, St. James, and, and the famous place of, of those uh, pimientos, those uh, Padron peppers. Yeah, it's all about the food. It's the quality of the food, you see. And ethnically, we have to find there in Galicia many blonde people with blue eyes, something that is not easy to find in other mm. places in Spain. So ethnically, it's so obvious that, you know, those people can have some Celtic roots, mm-hmm. you see. And you can really see that, that that's quite obvious. But it's all about the tempo. People live, you know, in an in a easier way. They have another pace, mm-hmm. which is wonderful, you see. It's just wonderful. They just go in different and people, you can see how people try to enjoy life. You see, I can feel that in Galicia. Is there a connection historically with Cornwall and Ireland because they're Celtic brothers and sisters? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't even tell how nowadays they have some summer festivals with some Viking and Celtic roots that you can actually see. Yeah, yeah. If you think about the Celtic influence, Augustine, uh, describe some of the music. Uh, I remember it, it seemed like a cross between flamenco and river dance to me. You will hear a lot of bagpipes blowing. Bagpipes, yeah. Yeah, bagpipes mm-hmm. everywhere. And the dancing also has this uh, Celtic influence, something you've seen in other ca- Celtics. Yeah. Celtic territories, that's something you'll see definitely. Yeah. And, and if you talk about the food, something rustic about Galicia's, the bread and the cheese. Yes, and also the beef, the beef meat, the cattle from Galicia is well known in the rest of Spain. And respected in Spain, huh? Yes, yes. Also the octopus with paprika. Paper. That was something that they're, they're boiling it right in the markets. Yeah, They yeah. pull it out of the hot water and they chop, chop, chop. You just need to chop it, add the paprika, some olive oil, oh. and uh, you're ready. Oh. Just when you said that, my heart started pitter-pattering. I mean, because I, I forgot all about that until right now, but those are the experiences. Federico, you're in the marketplace in Santiago de Compostela. Mm-hmm. What's an experience uh, that you might have if you're a good traveler in the market? Yeah, actually, what I love, the cheese, Galician cheese is so soft and so good, and Galician bread. is nothing better than get a piece of bread and a piece of cheese, you see, and a nice glass of white wine, Albarino, a little bit of baked octopus with that soft paprika or those padron peppers, you see. The food is so good and so easy to eat anywhere. Right there, it's so elemental. It's just beautiful local ingredients with hmm. tradition. Hmm. Des- oh, yeah. Describe the octopus to me when you go to oh, the market. You've got the, the man cooking it right there, boiling uh, it. Actually, we call some. We have some places that are called pulperias. Would be a kind of a octopus place where they just bake. <laughs> you see, they just boil. Excuse me, octopus. You see, and people are just actually have summer festivals about it specifically about they, the they way cut it with scissors, don't the they? way of cutting the octopus with those scissors. You see, and to eat and to share. You see, boil octopus and baked potatoes with a little bit of that soft, not a spicy by the way, just soft paprika. Yeah. You see, and that is just an excuse to socialize, to meet friends, to mm. eat octopus and wine. You so see, you get, a, you get a wooden platter. The man yep. cuts it with scissors. The octopus is just snip, 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 exactly. snip, snip. Bunch yeah. of little bite-sized pieces mm-hmm. of octopus, and you got a Slides. toothpick. Bam! Exactly, and that is so so easy for everybody. Something wow. else in the market, mm. you can buy persebish, which are the the barnacles, and they're quite expensive. But you buy it in the market, and they're much more affordable. 
Hmm. And then next door, there's a little uh, cafe that will boil your pristabish for you. Exactly. That is what they do. It's actually quite common. And barnacles are quite expensive all over Spain. But if you just go there, you go to those markets, you can get those barnacles. That is something, a kind of experience, I guess, for any American or Canadian traveler in Spain, you see. And it's, it's delicious. Take them. Go to the place, boil those barnacles, eat them with a nice glass of wine, and keep So you take moving. them to the, to the little bar or the cafe, and yeah. they, they expect to take what you bought in the in the market, and they'll boil it oh, for wow. you, put it on their plate, Absolutely. you sit on their table. Mm -hmm. You buy their wine, yeah. and you've got a treat. Yeah. Augustine, explain the persebish. Persebish, the barnacles are growing in the rocks, and it's a very difficult and dangerous thing to go down the cliff and start collecting all those barnacles from the rocks. If you see any pictures or if you have a chance to see a video about these people that are risking their lives to collect them in bags and then come back to the, to the to land, and so that's why they're so expensive. So you pay a lot of money because people risked their lives to get you those barnacles. because yes, the waves are crashing yeah. into those rocks, so they have to be quick as the tide goes out or as the waves are turning back to go collect the, the barnacles and then escape from the waves. And if there was an award for the food that is both the ugliest and the tastiest, I think the barnacles would be in yes. competition. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> they say there's yeah. a kind of a small pennies. So, oh, small <laughs> penis, penis, little penis. They do look like a gross little penis, and you break it off of the shell. Yes. You break the uh, kind of the na the nail, the nail, yeah. and then you yeah. peel it and you suck on it. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's very tasty. <laughs> Let's stop there because up until now, I I, I have a, a delightful feeling about the, the barnacles. This is travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Agustin Sarisa and Federico Garcia Barroso, and we're talking about Galicia in the northwest of Spain. Agustin, I know that you love the outdoors, and there's some rugged coastline in Galicia. Is there much of a surfing uh, industry there? Yes, there is um, surfing on the beaches. There's sea kayaking and other water sports that can be played in these big rias, these long rias. There are rivers that are going inland a long way, so they were protected from the biggest storms. Ah, okay. And then you find beaches which are very isolated. You can just go there and hang out on your own where you can go surfing too. Now, I want to talk about the Camino de Santiago. That means the way, a pilgrimage, back in the Middle Ages, all the way to Santiago. And Santiago was named for St. James. And when the Muslim Moors took over Spain in the 8th century, all of Christendom had to unite and try to push the Moors back into Africa. And my understanding is they just said, well, St. James is there, and he's buried in Santiago. Everybody on their horses, let's go, you know, uh, to try to get a reason for everybody to rally around that. So they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed back, and now they've freed it. It's Santiago de Compostela, and that is the destination of these pilgrimages to get to the tomb of St. James. Federico, tell us just briefly about that pilgrimage trail. Yeah, it is the story of, well, we, we, we think... From those 12 apostles, you see, St. James was the one who had to evangelize Spain. We know that. But we have no historical proof to say that he was physically in Spain. We assume mm -hmm. that his bones were found there eight centuries after his death. And the Milky Way, in Latin language, Campus Estelae, Compostela, mm. means the Milky Way is telling everybody else that down there something important is happening. The bones of St. James, obviously, as a political answer to those crusades, I mean, those, those Islam people in southern Spain. So that would fire days. up the Christians. They'd want to go down there and free the bones of St. James to get that back into Christian territory instead of Muslim territory. But today, people walk across northern Spain. They walk all the way yeah. from Paris or the Pyrenees Mountains, yep. and they get to Santiago, and their goal is Santiago. And there we've got the tomb of St. James. And to be on the square in Santiago, which is a great town anyways, mm. and to see these pilgrims come in and to be overwhelmed with, with joy, 
joy after they've finished their journey, whether they're journeying as Christians, Catholics, Orthodox, whatever, or just people that want to be out and get closer to themselves or nature or God in their own way. It's an amazing uh, phenom. And they get there, and then what is the ritual when you get to the cathedral? Well, the ritual, regardless if you're a religious person or not, is just to finally find that the Obradoiro Square, and you face that spectacular facade and the big cathedral, and then St. James is waiting for you. You just go, and you meet the saint, and you, in a humble way, you just say thank you to St. James Santiago, you see, and it's, that is actually the end of this of this uh, process, you see, that is it's something really, really magic, really beautiful. Augustine, what do you what to you? What does the the pilgrimage to Santiago mean? The pilgrimage um, for many people is the moment for uh, soul searching. Many soul searching. Soul searching. Yeah, so right. that's what happens for you know many people do it. They're taking a break in their lives and they would like to. They have some of them have religious um, reasons. Some others they don't, but they all want to go into the inner selves. And uh, think as you walk in and you are uh, you visiting these small towns, all these churches and monasteries and convents where the pilgrims, the original pilgrims, were stopping. People have the time to think, relax, and plan the future. And it was very big deal in the Middle Ages. Then it died out, and now it's become a very big deal again. And there's refuges all along the way where you can sleep cheaply, and there's very friendly people that'll serve the pilgrims and the hikers. And the spirit in Santiago de Compostela, the, the culmination of that journey, is really just to experience it, whether you're a pilgrim or not. It's a be- I like to be on that square in the morning when the, when the pilgrims arrive. We're talking about Galicia, and it's also part of northern Spain. Just very briefly, we've got Cantabria. Is that part of Galicia, or what is Cantabria? It's actually, we talk about the Cantabric range. It, it is northern Spain right. is essentially the Cantabric range. We go from the Basque country, we keep going to Cantabria, then Asturias, and finally Galicia. Geog- okay, so different regions in the north of Spain. With very similar weather, geographical conditions, uh, people, you see, but just divided in three sections. Yeah. And the Picos de Europa, Agustin, what is this sort of natural wonderland in the north of this Spain? This is a Sierra mountain range, super close to the ocean, mm-hmm. can be seen from the coastline. You can be on the beach and see the snow caps of the mountains. Beautiful place can be compared to the Pyrenees Mountains. Beautiful place for hiking, enjoying the outdoors, and, and enjoying the cheese there, the cheese of Cabarales, for example. Wow. And one thing you've got in this area are the caves of Altamira, prehistoric caves. Yes. And um, tell me, that that's something very, very unique in Spain. Yes, it is. These are caves that are, have uh, this uh, Paintings, archaeological paintings dated to 15,000 years. and uh, 15,000 years old? Yeah. Five times yeah. as old as the pyramids? Yes. Wow. Yes. And yes. you can actually, is it, a, is it a copy cave or the original it's, cave? It's a copy cave. So there is the original cave and then there's a very, very accurate copy cave because everybody can't go in and see the original one or it will, the humidity and the excitement and the flash bulbs will all do the, the damage. Now you can set an appointment. There are really, there are really limited uh, tickets to see the original one. Yeah. But what you find in Altamira, just... Um, a few um, minutes away from this town of uh, Santillana del Mar, you can see this um, archaeology museum and the copy of the cave. So that's Altamira, and you can see that also when you're exploring the north of Spain. Federico? Yeah, Altamira is really unique, but we have to say that the, the copy, the replica, is really, really amazing, yeah. really well done. And when I go to those copy caves, because they the same thing in France, mm. I do not feel like I've been denied the opportunity. It's a beautiful, it's a mystical, almost spiritual experience to to be there with human beings who painted something 15, 20,000 years ago. There is a there is a movie 
um, played just a short time ago by Antonio Banderas called Altamira. Ah. And it's telling you the specifically the moment in those 1800s, the moment in which they discovered that gem. And they just thought that that guy was just cheating the others, you see. And, and his little daughter said, oh, daddy, I can see bulls here. I can see bulls. And they then discovered that gem, you know. That moment, you see, in which they discover, that is also fascinating. And we can go there today. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been discussing Galicia in the northwest of Spain. Our guides are Federico Garcia Barroso and Agustin Sarisa. And Agustin, there's an actual language. When I go to an ATM machine in Spain, one of the buttons next to España, next to yes. Castilian, yes. next to uh, Catalan, is Gallego. Gallego, correct. This is a, a Roman language. It's a, a kind of a, a mix between Portuguese and a Spanish language. Okay. And is it, uh, what is the, the history of that language as far as how people speak it, Federico? Well, we are all in Spain. We speak several languages. We all have a common denominator, which is Castilian, Spanish, okay? But then we also have Basque, Catalan, and Galician, which is, by the way, phonetically, is a combination of Portuguese and Spanish, but it's actually an own language. It's not actually a dialect, okay? Is Madrid Very, concerned if people are speaking this because Madrid wants everybody to be Spanish? Uh, uh, well, if no, right, right now, actually, people speak fluently, you see, about languages without any kind of prejudices and without any kind of problems. And I, actually, when I go to Galicia, I, tell, I go there many times, I meet my friends speaking Galician. I answer in Spanish language because I don't speak the language, but we perfectly understand each other without any problem. Well, I'd like to say thank you to both of you, and I'd like to say it in the Gallego language. Uh, Agustina, how do we say that? Mm. Thank you would be... Gracias. Mo- muitas gracias. Muitas gracias, which is quite similar to Portuguese. Yeah. Muitos gracias. Yeah, not, yeah. not muchas gracias, but <laughs> muitos. 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 All right, well, muitos gracias. Thank you very much. Thank you. Gracias. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, I share the highlights of a lifetime of exploring Europe, my favorite experiences, sights, and encounters in a hundred essays. If you love Europe too, this is four decades of greatest hits in 400 pages, made to order to stoke your travel dreams. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.